Hey listeners, before we get into today's podcast, I want to thank today's sponsor, HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less with over 25 recipes to choose from each week. There's something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure delicious and simplicity. And I was just over there on their website checking out uh, what they have to offer. And I'm telling you, it's making me super hungry. We have a prosciutto-wrapped chicken, which I'm such a sucker for prosciutto. Uh, Chicken over garlic parm, which looks delicious. And even a beef tenderloin and brown butter veggies. It's, there's a lot to choose from over there. It looks fantastic. And today they're offering our listeners a discount. You can go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Welcome back, Inebriites. This is Andy, the Inebriart Podcast. And over the course of the last five years, I've been able to meet a lot of cool people and get exposed to some some music and, and art that I, I have not been familiar with. But today is not that case. Uh, I have been a fan of today's guest for 25, I don't even want to think about how long uh, I've been a fan. Uh, we have Joe Santiago of the Pixies with us today, man. Welcome to the show. Hey, Andy. You don't want to think about how long you've been a fan. I don't want to think about how long I've been doing this. Actually, yeah. I'm very proud about, uh, I mean, uh, um, very, I'm very lucky to be doing this for this many years. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's uh, like, it's so weird because my son just got out of high school and he's a big music fan and we kind of compare notes and just to think back of like how influential music was to me at that age. Did you, I mean, did you have any idea at that time? Like, did you look, be like, oh, you know, 30 years, I'm still going to be doing this? Hmm, no, not really. I mean, I, I had in my head that it, after a while, after like, um, I would say seven years into uh, doing it, I was pretty much, I probably, I, I submitted to the fact that it was the only thing I know how to do. <laughs> yeah. And I was scared of it. it was like, this is the only thing I'd like to do and I want to do. And I can't imagine myself doing anything else. So it's, you know, it's a scary feeling. It, it actually is because it's, let, let's face it. This is a lucky field. You know, there's a lot of luck involved, yeah. you know, and, um, but a lot of, you know, a lot of, lot of, uh, you could have some talent, I guess, but you have to have that. But after a while, you, you know, you got to go through the downturns and stuff. But, you know, I get jealous of doctors, actually, and people that, uh, you know, is, is doesn't, it, have, doesn't have the whim of 
the audience shifting. So kind of scary yeah. in that way that like, you know, your, your audience could dry up tomorrow and then what do you do? That kind of thing. Yeah. 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 You know, you could be the flavor flavor could, you know, the lollipop could just be a stick one day. <laughs> um, do, do you think though that, cause you know, it's like you said, you're, you're jealous of doctors, but like, you know, no, you know not, of, not jealous, jealous yeah. but you know, you know what I'm you, saying? Any, any profession that, yeah. that can, has longevity, you know, people that rent, rent, uh, rent a potties for crying out loud, you know? Yeah. Do you, do you think you could kind of do that? Like nine to five, you know, in a cubicle every day kind of no. job? No, I can't. I tried it. Yeah. I did. When I got out of college, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I started thinking there's probably a reason why, you know, these stockbrokers are, high up in the building you know because you can't really kill yourself in a house you know? <laughs> like, out of a once one story uh of a two-story you know little place you, you need you need to go high up yeah in order to like do, do it properly uh, otherwise you, know? you, you lost you know 30 million dollars and broke your leg yeah yeah <laughs> you're fucked yeah um so how have things been for you guys i know it's like i've seen some emails where you guys had planned some tour dates and then canceled some tour dates so like how's the world looking post-covid for you guys like or i can't even say we're post-covid where we're now (laughs) yeah um post pre variant um it's okay you know i i take it as it comes um we're recording, so oh, that's cool. And we're starting the process. Yeah, uh, so that's kind of exciting, and uh, you know, I resigned to the fact that you know we're not going to do anything till twenty twenty two. That's fine. Yeah, you know. Um, has your writing changed over the years, or like your writing process? How how do you go about working on new music? You know, it's weird. This time around, I um, I um, handed in some um, musical beds, some chord progressions mm-hmm. to uh, to Charles, and uh, he liked. He, he loves it, and we're gonna record them. And it's the first time I really did anything like that for this uh, for for this project. You know, so I used to fool around with chords, anyways. You know, I never really fooled around with just in my bedroom going the, the stuff I'm doing in the background, you know? Yeah. I love doing that stuff, but you know, yeah. Cause during COVID I picked up an acoustic guitar. Well, I had an acoustic guitar, but the one I've always wanted. Yeah. You know, it geez, almost knocked over my mic. Oh. <laughs> um, so when you're writing, do you, is it more collaborative like do you have like chord progressions or, or, or whatever riffs and then you like send them to to the others in the band and kind of get their feedback like how, how how's that whole process work yeah sometimes it works like that i'll, I'll uh, i'm more comfortable getting the music first and then figuring things out after yeah you know, on my own before i go to them mm-hmm. with it um but now I'm getting more comfortable um, 
just doing it on the fly, you know, but there's a, the reason why I don't like to do that is because I have to, I have to know it's right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want people to go like, that's great. I go, well, I don't know. You know, I didn't have time to think about that. And I don't even know if that's a style that we're going for, you know, because we're not really that jammy band. I think, you know, it's, it's tough. You know, I, I, in my head, I think that it's got to be thought of. Yeah. You got, you know, there's only one right note for this, you know, it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, don't, don't minimize my job, man. And just think <laughs> I just like, I could just like, blah, you know, barf out and then it'll be good enough. It'll be good enough, man. There's another element to this song. It's like, no, 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 no. I have an important role in this song. So it's got to be right. I don't want to just like, jet. it feels cheapened to me, mm-hmm. but I know it's not. Because I've, I've already established a style and I can just jam it out. But part of me just says, uh-uh, you got to like do something else with it. You got to like go in the, go in your, um, you know, go to the drawing board and draw it out and then, and then present it. So how do you know kind of like when you've got those right notes? I mean, I know as a, as an artist, like I'll work on a drawing and I've continued to work on a drawing and continue to work on a drawing and continue to uh, the point where I'm like, Oh, I fucked the whole thing up now. Um, like, do you, how do you know when you found that right note and that your, you know, your work is done? Well, yeah, the right series of notes. Yeah. Um, I, um, uh, God, you, you just know, you just know. Sometimes I'll, 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 I'll just giggle. Like I'll laugh. Like, oh, that's funny. You know? And, uh, you know, if it's like that, it's good. You know, if you could make me kind of like laugh a little bit, it's, uh, it's a good thing. Do you have like a a reserve of like, you know, something that maybe is not working for a specific song, but you're like, I know there's something there and you kind of like, store that away in your, you know, your, your toolbox to like roll out for another song or, or, or is it just, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. Usually if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, it, it, um, I never really reserved anything. I, I re- rehashed some uh, um, riffs in a, uh, a few songs. That's, that's, uh, that's kind of funny. You know, yeah. I'll sneak in, I'll sneak it in there, and it's uh, yeah. Well, people have to find it. That's their little Easter egg hunt. <laughs> and like, I'm assuming the the process in the past, you know, thirty ish years has changed drastically. I mean, I, I I talked to people this past year who have recorded and released an album and never been in the same room with the people. I mean, how how is your you know, your basically your job changed because of technology. I mean, do you like it better? Was it better before? I mean, we're kind of trying that now. And we need to be in the same room. We just do. I mean, I know yeah. the cold thing is happening, but um, we are trying it now that way. But 
you know, there's going to come to a point where we're going to all get together. The, it move, the air is moving to everyone. Mm-hmm. And there's a vibe and, and we're just going, oh, no, nah, this doesn't feel right. You know, because you're, you're, you're really thinking about, first of all, the structure, the notes. And you're thinking about, too, like, how's this going to come across live? You know, yeah. You know, you think of an audience member or something that's just like giving you a thumbs down, you know, or getting ready to throw a tomato at you. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, I see someone hurling a tomato at me if I do that. Yeah. Can't do that. Yeah. Do you in venues, do you prefer bigger venues or smaller venues? Do you like that? Do, I like, you like bigger. You do? I like big. Yeah, yeah. I like I like I like to hide behind the uh, production. Uh, you know, a little bit more lights. Can't really just do, um, you know, one light or like it looks like a circus kind of lighting, you know, yellow, red, green, you yeah. know, just like bouncing around and it's it's nerve wracking. I don't like it, you know. Do you do you guys like work, you know, like I think of bands that have like huge stage productions you know like rob zombie or kiss or iron maiden i mean obviously you guys don't have explosions and giant monsters but like do you really think about like what your your stage lighting is and the kind of like the whole performance is going to look like when you're working no, on we, 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 have, we have a good ld a lighting yeah. director and he's really good at what he does and he knows the aesthetics of the band you yeah. know um, we did play with uh, Jesus and Mary Chain in New York City at this place called The World. And I noticed that they were backlit a lot. And I liked that. Yeah. So I, and I, I told the uh, um, our lighting guy, Miles, I go, that, that, I love that look. I love it. I love it. Then after years go by, it's like, I think I'm backlit too much. No one knows. No, no one even. No one, no one, no one knows who I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the ego takes over. Even yeah. though, even though your shadow is cast on the theater, huger than fucking, I look like fucking King Kong, you know, yeah. when you look at the shadow cast, you know, but. Is there a, a venue that like really sticks out? And I mean, you guys have gone everywhere. Is there one that like really sticks out? That's like your favorite? Yeah, definitely. Um, Brixton Academy. We just love playing there. It's always uh, the crowd is just goes crazy for us. London, uh, the Brixton Academy. It's magical. Yeah. Any um, of the old Boston local ones that uh, stick out? Because you guys started in Boston, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Funny enough, Boston there's nothing really that sticks out to me. <laughs> a lot of them have been closing down too. It's uh, you know, over the past year, there's been a few that have kind of gone. The rat skeller. We love the rat skeller. Yeah. You know, um, that was like, uh, my introduction. That's when we, I knew I made it one time. You, know? you play the rat, the rat, uh, yeah. there was a guy named Mitch. Yeah. Stoma, you know, yeah. and, uh, uh, and I was, I was about to go downstairs and, um, you know, I was ready to pay up, you know, pay my five bucks, go see the band. 
And then he goes, he's okay. And I just like, what? It's like, <laughs> I went downstairs. Yeah. And there was just like, there was Charles and five other people. And I felt bad. I go, fuck, I got to give this band some money, man. You know, how are they going to get home? And, uh, but they were awesome. Great band. Uh, I think they were called Swan. It was really slow. Oh, slow rock. I think it's I like, know them. Yeah. Ka-chunk. You know, it's just like, this is, this is just, you know, the BPM must have been like about 25 or something. <laughs> think, you know? Yeah. I think my uh, college roommate used to listen to them. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny. Um, what are you listening to now? Yeah, I I, um, I just listen to my weekly. Um, actually, just before I hung up, I I, I just I was listening to uh, two thousand light years uh, by uh, the Rolling Stones. You know, um, but you mean new music? Yeah, yeah. I really, I really. Um, I like some of them, but um, I'm kind of um, at the moment disenchanted by it, by it all. Um, and that's always been the case with me anyways. I never really listened to uh, modern music. What's going on? Yeah. Because it's already going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's already, it's already going on and why join that pile? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but I know there's other ones in there now because the radio is practically dead. Yeah, you know? for sure. But, but you know, I mean, I could turn on K-Rock and see what I don't want to sound like. <laughs> because That's... it's like, you know, alternative. Everyone's fucking alternative now. When when alternative, when when over half the apps out there are alternative. That's What's not that? really an alternative, yeah. It's not an alternative anymore. You know, it's just not. Yeah, it's funny because like you were kind of like in that early stages of alternative with the yeah. you know where you were really the alternative to you know the hair metal and I was exactly. uh, we were I was, there metal years yeah yeah I was playing uh, poker Friday night with some uh, old high school friends and it was like Def Leppard they were playing and I was like oh man it was kind of nostalgic and kind of like oof I don't know if i really like it it seems so that was like a crucial point in my life i think when i switched from like hair metal to like you know more hardcore music and alternative stuff and so it's kind of like look back and be like yeah man i don't i don't see it anymore yeah when we uh when we were doing bossa nova here in la i cruised down the sunset strip and it was just ridiculous for me, anyways, it's like yeah. I not belong here at all. But I still <laughs> enjoyed. I, I just enjoyed going down because it looked like a, a silly parade. Yeah, you know? it's like a parade of goofballs. It looked like you know, and not really. I mean, a, a parade of to me at that time, yeah, goofy. But you know, it was a little intimidating too. In what way? You know, all that leather jacket, that hair. The, the the things like I can't pull that off. That's not me at all, man. Yeah. Give me my Oxford shirt any day. That's that's what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. But uh, I think it was just you know at that right time, you know, 
people really wanted something more stripped down and and less you know fashion doesn't have to be part of music you know and i think that was kind of like you couldn't separate the leather jackets and the big hair from the hair metal but you know alternative really didn't have a i shouldn't say didn't have a specific look it got a specific look but i think initially it didn't yeah with all that outfit too you know save your money go buy a nice guitar pedal or uh more strings you know yeah <laughs> there's yeah. There's better things to spend your money on. You, you know, you got your gear, you got, you know, you got to get extra strings, you know, that leather jacket's going to cost you, I don't know, a little, a good little amp, right? you know, nice yeah. set of headphones, stuff like that. You know, I had better stuff to spend my money on at that time. Are you, are you a bit of a, a, a gear hoarder because i was talking to a buddy of mine he's like i gotta clean out my studio he's like i just keep buying more gear and more gear and he's like it just never ends i sold seven guitars three months ago and i've replaced it with five so far (laughs) (laughs) well you're down too that's pretty good i wanted more room in like the closet and you know under my bed is all stacked yeah Uh, so yeah, I want to make more room, and now I'm filling it up again. Oh well, that's way good. <laughs> um, what guitar are you playing now? I have. I bought a this Coronet uh, single coil pickup, 1960 something, no yeah. guitar, and I got, I bought this Martin that I love. Uh, it's all mahogany. It's an O. 15 i think it's great um and i tried it at norm's rare guitars you know it's an, a famous pretty famous place but they have couches there right yeah so i would take a guitar and sit on the couch and see how it feels mm-hmm. and see how it sounds that way because it, i'm only gonna play for myself anyways right I really wanted like these, uh, I was in there to like, I had a big budget. I want to get the guitar to D something. I forgot what it was, but it's like the quintessential Martin. Yeah. It didn't like the way it sounded compared to this one. And this one is a little smaller guitar and it just, it just sat on my lap better than on a couch. Cause that's where I'm going to play it. Right. Basic going to be on the couch you know so that guitar sounded really good at that angle and and was very comfortable and it sounded great and this is the one it's 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 just funny the way you're talking about it like all i could think of is like um that scene in harry potter where like the wand picks them you know (laughs) yeah that's right yeah all the wand picks them yeah just like the book you know you go to the bookstore it picks you yeah yeah it's just like the right guitar at the right time that was the one that's what you go for actually that's what you're going for because they all feel different yeah yeah and that was not the guitar i i I want that was like the last thing that was on my mind was that guitar i'd never even heard of it the color was like i wanted something more spruce and um you know ashy and this one was dark mahogany all the way around but it sounds so good you know 
It's like, oh well, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. This. It's it's funny. Like I, I bought the first guitar I bought when I was a kid was just like the shiny blue guitar, and I just wanted it because it was shiny and blue, and it was fine. And then you know I got a little older and I bought my second guitar, and it was a Fender Stratic Stratocaster. Yeah. And uh, it was just one of those like, oh my god, like why did I buy that? The other thing's a hunk of junk compared to this, and it was you know, kind of like, it's not always about the look, You're, you know, it's got to, like you said, it's got to feel right. The look and also, uh, yeah, the ease of use. I say that because I, uh, I broke a string on a, a 12 string Rickenbacker and I, and it was a pain in the ass to change for me. It was like, Oh my God, this is a nightmare. 12 strings, I think. And you got to be really careful in which, Tuning peg to tune it on and all that stuff. I know it's this guitar text out there listening. Going like, God, come on, get over yourself. But, <laughs> <laughs> but after the, I, then I broke another one. And I just said, screw this. I'm selling this thing. Yeah. You know, I, I can't deal with this anymore. You know, plus 12 string to me, it's, it's a one trick pony for yeah. this band. You know, Roger McGuinn, that's what he's known for. But this band, you know. I can't play 12 string on every goddamn song. Yeah. You know? It's an overdub. And you've done other stuff too. Like you, I was looking at your uh, Wikipedia page. You've worked for like um, music on television, stuff like that. Is that like, how does that compare? Do you, was that just like, hey, you know, I needed a gig kind of thing or, or was it just kind of breaking out of the box, doing something different? Like how did, how did that come about? I needed a gig. Yeah. I needed a and this is it. You heard it here first. <laughs> I basically ran out of money, right? Yeah. I, I, I enrolled into a community college, and I was about to read gas meters. Oh, are you serious? Yes. Wow. And then, but I was also handing in my reels. Yeah. To agents and stuff to compose, so. The moment I was about to get a root for reading <laughs> fucking gas meters, and I was in uh, I was in co- uh, community college, I got a call from my agent or the agent, I, yeah. I, and he said, she said, uh, "Hey, uh, um, there's this show undeclared, and um, Jed Apatow wants to see you." And I didn't know who Judd Apatow was. Yeah. And, uh, and um, I've heard of so him. I, you've heard of him. Yeah. yeah. So I went over there. I played it, and he was playing me the stuff. I go, yeah, this is the stuff, man. This is college thing, college thing. And he looked at me and goes, don't bullshit me, man. He said, how long did it take you to do this? Well, I don't know. Maybe an hour, two hours. And then he goes, okay, okay. And then I left. And um, then I went back. Then uh, I get a call. I, w- I went back to the campus, and uh, oh no! And um, agent called and said, "You got the gig." I go, "Are you kidding me?" So I dropped out again. So I dropped out twice. <laughs> yeah, but to do the, prof- the right thing. Yeah, I mean, that's- yeah, I, I, and, 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 you know, the professor didn't want me to drop out because you got you just gotta keep going. You're such a good student, like. Dude, I can't. 
Yeah. You don't understand. This is going to take, you know, all my time, you know, so. So that it, it just, it like hurts to hear that kind of thing, but it's like, I remember I was listening to, I think it was the lead singer cake, whose name I can't think of right now. And he's talking about how it's so much harder to make a living in the music career because the industry's changed so much and that the majority of like bands money come from touring. And I can't imagine that's gotten easier over the last couple of years. Um, do, do you, do you think it was easier to kind of make it a career when you started opposed to now? Do you uh, what say again? Do you think it was easier to make it a full-time career when you started opposed to now? Oh, it'd be hard right now. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. When we started, the, the, the music scene was crazy. You know, you, there were like seven venues to choose from in Boston. Mm-hmm. Now there's like what? For a starting out band, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know. It's got to be less than that, you know. And um, it's just harder, you know. The sales aren't there. Yeah, um, it's, it's funny. Like we have a we have a really healthy music scene here in Plymouth, just south of Boston, and um, and there's full time musicians, but you know, you play bars three, four maybe five nights a week and you're you're just doing cover stuff and i can see that getting real tedious and real old and it's tough to make make it feel fresh and stay interested yeah yep 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 yeah well we got lucky like i said you know when we started out so yeah and you guys are looking to tour next year yeah next year you have like places already planned like it's gonna be us it's gonna be world tour i don't know i think we're gonna just go where where, uh, people are vaccinated the most you know (laughs) (laughs) we're just not gonna go to these places that are like you know uh sorry guys you don't have your shit together yeah it's funny you gotta get rid of that governor he's fucking you he is fucking you right now (laughs) it's it's funny like i just um talked with um Dave from uh, Big D and the Kids Table, and he said almost the exact opposite. He's like, I think it's going to be easier to tour in red states. He's like, I feel like just you know the it's like the states you want to be in. He's like, I feel like it's just going to be so restrictive on what you can do and the size of the venue. He's like, I just feel like it's going to be easier to tour in those states that you don't necessarily want to be in because they're kind of you know shit shows right now. Yeah, but you know, one guy, one crew member, anyone on your staff gets uh, gets uh, COVID. You're du- you're you, you got derail the whole tour. Yeah, you're done for ten days. It's, yeah. it's the that's the rule. Ten days gone. So I don't know if it's worth going down those places. Yeah, you know? it's just it's crazy to have to like think that way. It's hopefully it turns around relatively soon. Yeah. Are you on the West Coast? Yep, I'm on the West Coast. How are things over there now? Are they still locked down and pretty restricted? Or It's good. There are pockets here, you know, in L.A. Which, uh, I mean, L.A.'s pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Everyone seems to be um, 
on board with getting vaccinated, you know, but the people I hang out with are. Yeah. That makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Then you don't have that. I feel like everybody has that one crazy friend. Are you like, yeah, I won't see you for a while, buddy. (laughs) I could. No, I don't understand. (laughs) I I just don't, you know, this freedom is giving freedom a bad name, you know, yeah, I Indi- just... indiv- individual freedom. I, I get it. I get it. You know, I could be a hypocrite and just maybe say, no, not this time. You're impeding on my freedom. But would I have a freedom that I want to do? It's not it's 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 for myself. It's not going to hurt anyone else. Right. You know, it's just it just won't. You know, there's a community aspect to uh, what I'm going to do as far as my freedom is concerned. And I I just don't understand the the rationale of it. You know, it's my freedom. It's like, well, you have the freedom to punch yourself in the face too, but you're not going to do that. Like, why are you putting yourself at risk? Yeah. To to prove a point, you know, it just seems silly. Mm -hmm. um, So uh, you're recording stuff now. Is there a date for when it will be released? Uh, No, I mean, we're, I mean, if everything is uh, lined up, it would be released around springtime. Oh, okay. So it's pretty early stages then? Yeah. 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 Everything has to be done, you know, at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Some machinery that goes on, artwork, you know, the planning, all that stuff. I, I hate how like album cover stuff is less important now. It just, I mean, it used to sell the albums, you know, when you went to record town and, you know, sorted through the, the stuff and, but it, it just, it seems almost like a, I don't want to say it seems like an afterthought. It just seems like it's the re the customer isn't as exposed to it as much, you know, maybe you'll see it on the tour shirt or. Yeah. And you, um, you're more apt to read the credits. Yep. You know, who produced what. You know, where, where was this recorded? All that, all those facts. You'll be far right. more likely to get the words right when you're singing along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. But I still, uh, I still get, I still buy vinyl on occasion. I feel like vinyl still has like a, a pretty solid, uh, solid following, but you know, it's just like CDs. Just, I don't, I don't own anymore. Um, I was going to buy my son took up saxophone a few years ago and I was going to buy him some CDs for bands that had saxophones and I had to call my ex-wife and be like, does he have a way to play CDs? And she's like, you know, no, <laughs> someone handed me a, a CD and I go, all right, I'll listen to it in my car. Cause I don't have one at home. Yeah. And I went in my car and I, I was looking for it. There was like seams on the thing. I was like trying to like, where the hell is my CD playing? <laughs> You know what happened to me? I, I read the manual and yeah, I was always called the dealer. I go, You guys forgot to install a CD player, man. You know, but it's like it, it doesn't even have one. My God, it doesn't have one. Yeah, I, I, I stumbled across that my uh laptop laptop has a CD drive, and I'm like, Well, at least I have that, you know, but it's it's just mm-hmm. it's it's you can't share music in the same way that you used to be able to, and it's you know, like. Mm-hmm. Now it's a playlist opposed to a 
a uh, mixtape. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I, I feel like there was something about like the act of like, if you got a mixtape from someone and been like, here, I made you a mixtape. There was effort involved and like real mm-hmm. thought opposed to being like, oh, I just bookmarked a bunch of songs and sent you a playlist. Yeah, they're not getting the same impact on uh, the MP3, but but someday they'll get there. It's getting closer. Yeah. What we hear, you know, no one could hear what we hear when we're recording anyways. I mean, we hear it at like a ridiculous fidelity in mm-hmm. the studio, um, you know, and the mastering engineers have to, uh, they're starting to master it in like, you know, probably an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, or really little speakers and, you know, crappy speakers so it could sound good on that. And, you know, you know, earbuds and all that. Doesn't, yeah. no one, no one cares, no one cares about hi-fi anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I want to say thank you for taking the time to talk to us. It was yeah. amazing. Um, right. And, uh, you know, we hope our, our listeners check out your album when it comes out next spring or and, and sees you goes out and sees you guys on tour. All right, man. All right, Andy. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can find us on all social medias at inebriart or on Instagram at inebriart6. You can email us at inebriart at yahoo.com. And make sure you listen to the other podcasts on the inebriart podcast network, including Bar Talk, Old Colony Cast, Retro Redoctopus. America's Hometown Horror Podcast, and our newest one, Theme Park Legends, a podcast about working at theme parks. What else? And we'll catch you again next time.